What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. Josh Taylor from Network 1901 has invited me to be part of his serial, Gold Blooming, where he and I discuss Jeff Goldblum's career, his characters, and everything about the man, the myth, and the legend that is Jeff Goldblum. But as we record that serial, which will be posted through the Network 1901's podcast feed, we're also talking about a bunch of geek movies. Yeah. And I did not want to miss the opportunity to ask Josh some deeper questions about these films and Jeff Goldblum's character as he appears in them. So thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. And this is the Story Geeks responding to Goldblooming. Whoa. Yeah. So, Josh, welcome back to the Story Geeks show. You've been on the show before. I have been, yeah. Yeah. There's um, only, I think there's only one person from Network 1901 that hasn't been on the show yet. And that's only Angie. Angie. Yeah. I know. She's like building too many ears. Like we need to like figure True. out a way to get her yeah, back we gotta, on the show. We got to get her on something. For sure. And so today we just recorded the gold blooming episode on Transylvania 65000. Yeah. So that's today's topic for the Story Geese podcast. This is going to be a shorter show. We're basically doing it in conjunction with Network 1901 because we love what they do and we love podcasting with them. If you listen to our podcast, you know that already because we're always on each other's podcast. Yeah, we're just shouting out <laughs> each other. Yeah. All the time. Uh, so first, Josh, introduce yourself just in case the people haven't heard of you. Sure. My name's uh, Josh. I'm from Network 1901, which we do three podcasts a week, three videos on YouTube a week. Um, for our podcast, the three podcasts that we have, uh, the DCC, which is like our news oriented show is on Mondays. Dale hosts that, uh, our Wednesday show, modern mouse radio I've hosted for almost over five years now, uh, which is much more of a singular topic, social issues, kind of discussion, seriously analyzing all things kind of within the Disney realm. Uh, and then on Fridays, we've got this kind of interchangeable, serial where we do, you know, a uh, 10 episode run or 12 episode run series. Uh, and right now it's gold blooming you know, <laughs> with you and I, and we're kind of expanding out. So like we used to always just do Disney and we kind of thought like maybe people would want to hear about other stuff. We did a series about ready player one, uh, right. which you actually really love. I love that series. And it got you to read the book, yep. right? Audiobook, yep. Uh, so, yeah, audiobook. I mean, you kind of read the book. <laughs> right. Uh, but like that kind of stuff was really popular, so I thought it would be really weird and really silly if we did a show squarely on Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and like when we were coming up with like, you know, uh, a new show idea, we we had two ideas. One was to do just a show about cult classic films which would tie into Disney or Disney for us story geeks for you. We yeah. kind of do both. But the other idea was just to do Jeff Goldblum, be super niche, super narrow, focusing on one person's career and life and the movies that he's made and kind of go through all of them. And we've got nine films we're doing. One of them, Transylvania six, 5,000 was, I think one of three films I've seen in the series of nine that we're doing. Yeah. But revisiting it was a totally different experience. And, uh, and yeah. I'm enjoying the show so far. Well, I had never, I had never seen it before, so it's a totally new experience for me. I'm loving the show. It's super fun. We do a segment called "What Would Jeff Goldblum Do?" where we, where like we get a lot of suggestions from audience members, which yep. is awesome. Actually, like, you guys put the podcast out, and we had suggestions on what to do, like within like right like five away. minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, did they even? I think they just fast forward to the end of the show. <laughs> like, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, so that's really fun. So if you guys have scenarios that you want us to put Jeff Goldblum in, <laughs> yeah. let us know what those are. So far, he's opened a club. 
Uh, he has become a very a, elaborate club. A very elaborate club. Um, he's he with several rooms, blues bands, a Russian bathhouse. Uh, he has become a centaur. He's become a giraffe. Yeah. He has his own zoo. He has a rubber duck with a Jeff Goldblum <laughs> rubber duck like tuxedo. Jeff Goldblum tuxedo silver tuxedo suit. Yeah, yeah. It, it got weird. <laughs> But that's the fun of the show. Is it supposed to be kind of silly and weird and off-brand? Yeah. So and it's very fun. So yeah. go check them out. It's on Network 1901's main podcast feed. You can just find the ones that are called Gold Blooming. It's all there. Je- um, Josh does a bunch of cool uh, serial graphics, so you can yeah, tell yeah. like which yeah. one is which. So, but we're actually going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Which is a complete farce, right? Like, it's not even something you would think to dig deeper into. It is, but it, it is, it does have lore, right? Like, it's yeah. based within um, the classic universal monster movie kind of lore and like all of that Victorian gothic kind of novelization. Totally. Like Frankenstein, Wolfman, so on. Totally, totally. So, my first question for you is Jeff Goldblum's character, who's named Jack <laughs> Harrison. Yeah. He starts out as a skeptic, right? So there's this, in this setup for Transylvania 65,000, if you haven't seen it, is that there's a report that there's a, there's a monster in Transylvania. Yes. And they've got this found footage video that kind of showcases this monster. And Jeff Goldblum is a journalist, but he starts out as a skeptic. He's like, I don't even want to go to Transylvania. I don't want to do this. But they're like, no, you got to do this. Like, we're sending you. And they send him with uh, uh, one of his buddies and they go out to see, like, what if they can uncover a story. Yeah. But he is definitely a skeptic. He does not believe that any of this found footage is actually a horror character or any of that kind of stuff. But he eventually does come to believe that these mythical characters, vampires, mummies, werewolves, all these characters, he eventually comes to the point where he thinks these do exist. I'm seeing them. Yeah. Now, whether or not that those are real or not is like a whole other topic. But he goes from being a skeptic to believing. So my question for you, Josh Taylor... From yeah. Network 1901. Yeah. Is do you personally believe in mythical creatures like vampires and werewolves? Do you think that there is Bigfoot? Any of these characters? Any of them. Yeah. I really, okay. So some of my favorite shows out there uh, deal with like mythical creatures like, um, uh, like the Chupacabra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like not like the classic monster horror movies, but like, folklore and legend and like what people want to believe. Um, I don't believe like the wolf man is real. I don't believe like in vampires. I do believe that there are people who want to be vampires, right? That right. like, uh, have like these clubs where you get together and you all drink like this, like really thick red wine or you know, something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, and you all hang out and believe you're vampires I felt like that was a very like '90s thing to do, right? Like some <laughs> kind of like rave techno scene. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in that. I do. At times, I go back and forth, but like I do believe in ghosts. Okay. Or spirits. All right. Um, kind of like the Native American. Sure. Type of thing, right? Like where it's like the spirits are all around us and they help guide us through life. Like yeah, yeah. I feel like that kind of makes sense. Like not in like. I don't feel like anyone's haunting my house because they're like leaving the oven on, right? Like that was my fault. Or like if, like <laughs> right, if the, right. if there's like a leaky faucet, yeah, 
it's because I have a plumbing problem, right? Not because like a ghost did it, but I do feel like at times, like there are people who have um, maybe been haunted, but not haunted. They're like being guided. They're just taking it as being haunted. Right. So and I guess in like a native American kind of like style, I believe in that. Got it. But I would never say like any of the monster, you know, there's no Frankenstein out there. Right. Yeah. 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 There's no, so we haven't seen, yeah, yeah. There's no, at least there's no evidence. There's like all these hints. It's so weird. Cause like, I know I watched, um, I used to love to watch ghost hunters, the show. Yeah. Okay. And for those of you who have listened to the story geeks podcast, you guys all know that I'm a Christ follower and I'm, I'm into spirituality. And, and so I'm, I believe in those things. Right. But I didn't know whether or not to believe in ghosts. Like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe it's <laughs> sure. ghosts. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but I will say that after like years of watching ghost hunters, you're I'm in, like, you're in, no, I'm like the opposite. It's like, oh, okay. why haven't they found more stuff? True, you know, yeah. like they'll, they'll come up with, they'll find stuff that you're like, that is bizarre. Yeah. Like, I have no explanation for what is going on in this scenario. Right. But at the same time, it's like, but that's like so rare. Like they're in the most supposedly the most haunted, haunted places, places of all time. Right. And yet. Or there's like the things that will be like, oh, hey, we're going to play this voice track back for you that we got like in Transylvania and it'll be in English. Right. And yeah. you're like, dude, that, no one was speaking <laughs> English in yeah. Transylvania. And, and of course, like I'm sure like the, there can be people that have explanations for that. So in watching the ghost shows of which I've watched a bunch of them, I would say it's kind of like actually made me kind of believe in ghosts a little bit less. Um I don't believe in vampires and werewolves, though I believe that those things are somewhat derivative of what we have experienced in life in other ways. Like you brought it up on Gold Blooming, like there were people who have a disease where their whole face grows hair. Yeah. Well, they're not werewolves. But we've labeled them as something. Or or we've taken like we've taken that little thing. Yeah. And we've expounded upon it into this story that's like not true. Sure, yeah. But we've made it something that isn't true. We okay, so like and the same with vampires, right? Like there were like Vlad the Impaler, like the Vlad the Impaler. Yep. He, you know, was such an evil person and then uh, you know, was out for blood or whatever. Like there's been people who have over time within history have drank blood. Yes. Because they felt like if you drank blood, it gave you the person's life. Yep. So I get that. And then you could kind of narratively build a character within that. And then it becomes Dracula. And then Dracula becomes, uh, you know, like all these other vampire movies. And then it becomes Twilight. And then it's like way too out of hand. Yeah. Um, I love, one of the things that I, I love about stories is I love that like we all, like I almost love the telephoning of stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how they become more and more like ridiculous over time and trying to find the, the facts within it, like the podcast lore, like I'm not a big fan of. Right. Um, I just don't like the way that he tells stories and and that's not a knock on the actual stories that he's telling, but like the stories of saying like, this is where I came from. Here's the legend. Yep. That's a really interesting kind of like knowing where it came from situation, but I love, um, classic monster movies in, in grade school. Yeah. They asked us as like fifth graders or something to write our own children's book. Yes. And to um, draw the pictures and, and everything. Yep. And yep. it had to be like, I think the assignment would have had to be like a minimum of like 10 pages. Yeah. <laughs> and my book, because I was so in love, even at that time with Universal's classic mm. monsters, is that 
I wrote this entire book about, it kind of fits the Transylvania 6, 5,000 narrative of like how stupid monsters are. <laughs> and so like my book was about like Dracula, the werewolf and like other stupid monsters, I think is what I called it. And it was like a book about like how these characters are so dumb and like, if I was actually to walk up to Dracula, he wouldn't, he couldn't do anything to me because mm. he's a made up character. Um, in fifth grade, I knew that, but like, yeah, yeah. I, like we've, I think like it's in the lore of, and in the mythos of like Hollywood movies, right? we, ha- we have to look back on like universal and the monster movies because universal would not exist as it is today without those movies. They were such a huge success. Yeah. And then you look at like Bela Lugosi, um, uh, Don Chaney, like all of these actors who were the monster movie people like horror is now very B movie oriented. Like yeah. if you, if you act in a horror movie, you're like down a peg, you know, from <laughs> right. like everyone else. But at that time period in like the thirties, forties, fifties, even into the sixties, if you were in a horror movie, that was where all the money was getting. Made. Oh, sure. Sure. So I just love, I love that kind of Hollywood history, but I also love those story histories. Mm. Yeah. So, so you brought up lore yeah, and I think if you listen to lore for any amount of time, and I stopped listening, I, you know, again, high quality does a pretty good job. Uh, what I found was it was just the same story, com- like repeated over and over again. Yeah, which right. was essentially basically the real monsters are us, the, the humans. The Amazon Prime show, I think it's like six episodes. Oh yeah, that's lore. I think it was way better than the podcast. Oh really? So if you're interested in kind of monster movie lore. Yeah. I would suggest people watch the Amazon oh, show. That's good. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. So my question to you though is what is it about us as people that makes us want to believe these types of things? Why do we come up with these stories that that are larger than life? Sure. Like I think that um when you talk about like the chupacabras, the alien abductions, all those things we want to believe in them because we're like both fearful and fascinated by them. I think when you talk about the horror genre in general, people are attracted to horror because mm-hmm. it's um, there's like a, a grotesqueness about it. When I say grotesque, like the actual definition of um, grotesque is like morbid but beautiful. Like it's like overwhelmingly awful but still like beautiful in some way. Like we all every person has blood in their veins. Every person, you know, like has all these things. And like, we're kind of curious. We're curious what our blood looks like. We're curious, like what our limbs look like by themselves. Like when you see, uh, even like when you watch TV and you watch like those doctor shows where like, it's so gross to like, you know, they like have this zoom in camera, like on like a stomach where they're pulling out like a person's (laughs) fat, (laughs) you know, like people are, entranced by that right it's gross but at the same time we just want to know and i think it's uh with these phenomenons like i I keep going back to the chupacabra thing because like with the chupacabra there were like all of these farm animals who were dying and no one knew why and they were drained of their blood and what it is could be like coyotes could be something like wolves or like something yeah um but we've made up this mythical creature because like we're so fascinated by the story of all these farm animals dying and we just kind of want to know. And because we don't know, we then make up 
whatever it is that connects it. Right. So <laughs> right. like with, um, like with the werewolf with like, we made up that story about these people with a disease and it kind of spiraled out of control because we needed to know at a time period when we couldn't do that kind of testing medically, how these people got the disease. And right. then it became a spiraling out of control to the point where it was like, well, you were bitten by a wolf. You're a man who's now burdened with the fact of the full moon. And now you become, a, you know, this werewolf every so often and you don't want to be that. And now you're tormented. Yep. And there's something also about these characters that's beautiful. Um, the classic monster movie characters. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about true cowards. It's like Frankenstein, Dracula, not, uh, yeah, not Frankenstein, like the monster, right. But like actually Frankenstein, um, Dracula, the wolf man, uh, even like the invisible man. Yeah. All of these characters don't want to be what they are. Right. Um, but at the same time, they're kind of burdened with what they are and, and they kind of just have to do what they have to do to get by. And that's very much a human quality. <laughs> right. Like we, we want to be the best people that we can be, but we're so burdened with what we actually are. Right. That it is difficult to like present ourselves and say like, okay, this is what I actually really want to be. And so like we are constantly trying to be better, but like, we're all vampires. We're right. all, you know, werewolves. Like we're all villains in some way. We're all villains in some way, even if we're trying so hard not to be. Totally. That's a great album name. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, it's funny because as I was thinking about this, our, our second episode of Gold Blooming, we talked about the Big Chill, and I think if you take the the Big Chill um, and you contrast that with some of these monster movies, the Big Chill gets at this is real life. And yeah. real life, a lot of times, real life sucks. It's not fascinating at all. No. Well, it, no. I guess it's fascinating because of, like, the complications of life. But it's not fun. Like, no. in the way that, like, you think, like, uh, you know, we brought it up in the show, like, Disneyland is fun. Yeah. It's an escapism. Movies are fun because they're an escapism. Yeah. But when you really, like, have to, like, sit down and focus on, like, I have all these bills I I have friendships to keep up with. I yep. have family members to keep up with. Some people died in my life. Like there's so many things that could bring you down on a daily basis. Yep. Even if you're like in the big chill, you're a movie star, you're a acclaimed writer, mm. you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're everything that the world wants you to be and everything you thought as a kid that you should be to be successful doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think, our brains are so wired to discover the whys behind things. Yeah. And if there isn't, it's easier to come up with the monster and blame the monster than it is to say like, oh. Oh, it's me. Yeah, then it's yeah. me. Like the, yeah. the world is this way because of the way that I am or the way that other people are. And like, wow, that's hard because now we have to be accountable to that. It's much yeah. easier to be like, no, 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 the werewolf is killing everything. That's so, what it is. Some of the best like horror movies of recent times that are actually like really scary horror films are the films that project back onto you. They're not the ones that are like, there's the monster, it's scary. Like, I can't believe that. Like, we actually nowadays think that the monster movie is more an action adventure film. Like Jurassic Park is a traditional horror film. Yeah. But it's more of an adventure film for most people. Like Jurassic World now is too. Right, right. Um, you could say the same about like Transformers, you know, like you could say the same about like all kind of like Pacific Rim. Uh, all those movies are now adventure action films. Right. But in the old sense, they're horror films. 
but like horror films now, like, I don't know if you saw the witch, uh, which was from, I think 2015. Okay. But it's a story about a family and how they live out in the woods and like the baby goes missing and they start blaming each other Uh. about who, and they blame, they blame this witch in the woods, but then it eventually becomes, they start blaming each other and they, all slowly kill off each other. Oh, wow. And that's like the more frightening thing. That's like true horror. Yeah. Because now you're like saying, what would you do? Yep. Not what the monster does. But like the monsters are fun because like, you know, when you think about those old classic monsters, you're afraid of them, but you're also like, they're not me. It's whatever. Right, so right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because like when you listen to lore, you do realize how for most of human history, there have been these really crazy things that we've blamed monsters, monsters for. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, that's just like a condition that we just didn't know about yet or whatever. Right. But we needed a why. And the why we were uncomfortable with because we didn't have a why. And so we came up with one. Oh, it's got to be fairies or it's got to be chupacabras or whatever it right. is, right? Yeah. Um, it's really, it's actually pretty scary, honestly. It is. And, be, and people have used. Uh, religion in the same way too, where like when you talk about like um, people who were like being sacrificed in tribes to gods so that the gods wouldn't like bring them earthquakes or volcanoes and stuff like that. Like we, we use so many awful things to like wish away yep. our own troubles. Yep, exactly. Oh, and, and then, I mean, and that's, some sort of religion has always been used to explain away like the things that we just don't understand yet. Yeah. Like, oh, well, religion, right? right? Like almost all the time. It's used, I mean, go back in history, like you talked about sacrificing to gods, like, oh, well, there hasn't been a flood in a while. It must be because we've been sacrificing virgins. So we just right. keep doing that, right. right? And that's how you get cults and things like that now. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's crazy to think that we can be so easily manipulated by those things as well. And it's just weird. It's just weird. It's that we would, I think like when we're fearful and when we're hurt, we're at the biggest disadvantage as human beings. Right. Because that rational thought that would make us say like, you know, like it's, it's very difficult to love and to love unconditionally. And yet that's the, that's by far the best way to behave, obviously. Yeah. Right? That's what we all strive for. Like, yeah. That's, that's what every song is about. That's what every movie wants to be. You yep. know, Jeff Goldblum in every movie we've watched so far is striving to find unconditional love. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But it's so easy. As soon as we get hurt, then we turn that around. And it's like, well, now I put up my defenses. Now I don't want to push everyone away. And it just gets like in that, in that, in that complex part of life is when fear can just take over and do crazy things. Right. So it's really insane. Um, now what's fascinating about this film is it goes into Dr. Frankenstein. He's never called that, but it basically Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. All of the characters never call her anything, but they're definitely those characters. Exactly. Probably exactly. like a copyright thing <laughs> that they just couldn't embark exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now in, at the time this film was made and at the time the movie would have taken place, like these methodologies have been pretty unachievable. But there's evidence to suggest that that's going to keep changing over time, that we're getting closer and closer to some of these things being more of a reality. Whether or not they'll ever actually happen, who knows, but there's this, we've got robotics and the technology behind that. We've also got genetics and the technology behind that. So my question is, where should we draw the line with these technologies? 
Like where, like, where do we draw the line with saying what we should be experimenting with? And then what do we risk if we don't draw a line? I think that like death is, uh, it sucks to talk about for sure, mm-hmm. but it's an inevitable part of life. Right. And like, there's no meaning to life without death. Like if I can live every day and never have to worry about dying, why would I get out of bed to do anything? <laughs> right. Like I'm like, we're all racing towards some kind of clock and I don't mind, um, like, you know, you can feel however you want to about cloning or however you want to about like, um, stem cell research. Like that's a whole like entire political debate. Right. Right. But regardless of that, to be help, like in a situation where like one of my organs doesn't function or one of my limbs no longer functions. Uh, you know, there's people who have lost their eyesight, their hearing, uh, you know, they lose mobility Yeah. to give those people a better life by giving them those things back mm. is I a hundred percent think that that should happen. Uh, and like the Frankenstein thing of like piecing together a person who is no longer themselves. I don't think would ever happen. I don't think that we're ever going to like freaky Friday, a situation, right? We're never going to like have a situation where like we switch brains and that person is another person or like, because you've melded so many bodies together, they're just like an uncontrollable monster. Hmm. But we're so far into technology that like we have given people the chance to, we see it at the Olympics with people who are like runners and they have like the, you know, the uh, prosthetic legs that allow them to run. And it's fantastic. And it's cool to see that kind of stuff. But I don't feel like we should ever, we can delay death Mm. for sure. Like medically, you know, like a hundred years ago, even people were not living as long as we live now. Like, and like you and I are in our thirties. Like that's like hundreds of years ago. That was like old guy status. (laughs) We were like, we like if we were in a tribe right now, we would be the wise old men in that tribe. Yeah, for sure. Which is frightening to think about. (laughs) Like I'm on my deathbed now. Um, but I do think that like we all need death because it gives us purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with that. I think there are these things you hear about people doing and you're like, why are you doing that? Like eventually like, well, first of all, I don't understand why anybody wants to live forever. Yeah, because you like we all want to live forever in our twenties, exactly. But that's not what's going to happen. Like you're going to be like a like you see those people who are really awesome, like a hundred one year old you know people who are like out and about. But like I have a grandmother. I know yeah. she's never going to listen to this podcast, so it's fine. I can say <laughs> this. But I have a grandmother who like I actually had a conversation on the way to recording this today, um, and she thought I went to a convention over the weekend. Oh yeah, and I told her. I didn't go Yeah, three times in the same conversation. <laughs> right. And she's in her seventies. Yeah. And like, you see a lot of that with people at an older age where like their friends start dying off. They don't have a whole lot of people to talk to. Um, they start just like losing their minds. They start losing mobility. They start lo- And like, that's the thing. That's one thing that I think we can't do. Like at this point, anyway, we can give each other the ability to continue to be mobile. Yeah. Right. Like if you're losing eyesight, you can get like laser reconstructive surgery, but we cannot at this point in time, fix your brain to be able to function 
the way it should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like the like even if we were to do that, like the longer that we manipulate things, like my grandmother now, I think she has like four different doctors that she sees like yeah. on a frequent basis. Oh yeah. And there's like any old person you ever meet, you're like they just have like a whole collection of pills, and you're yep. like you're more of a drug lord than like anybody <laughs> I've ever met. But like that, regardless of like how great the technology becomes, you will be the person on a hundred different pills. You will be the person frequently going to doctors. And like, do you want to, as you get older, want to, uh, rely on medical benefiting you versus yourself being, you know, good enough to just kind of live life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I just don't feel like I want to spend most of my life in the waiting room for a doctor's office. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think too, like there's this, I don't know. For me, I don't if you said do you want like do you want to die tomorrow? I'd be like, no, of course not. I don't want to die tomorrow. That sounds terrible. But I also don't have such an acute fear of death that I would prefer being sick and unhealthy and you know what I mean? It's like I think I'm I think I'm okay with dying at that point. Like Right. Just, I think it just makes sense. And it, it, like you said, death is part of what life is, right? Like, like if you're stuck in the medical system the whole time yeah. or like, you know, if you're at the worst or the end of that, where like you're on like a breathing machine that you can no longer get off of. Yeah. To li- like I'm yeah. out, man. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. life anymore. Right. Or if you, even if you were, you know, even if you were Wolverine and you're like, you know, 20, 30 years old, your entire life, like you think of, Think of watching all the people around you constantly die. Like that just sounds terrible. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get that whole. That and whole I feel like there will be a point in my, like, and that's you know, you saying like tomorrow, like me, like I don't want to die, but I do feel like we will all hit a point in time. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you live life right, yeah, you get to a point where you say like, I think I did it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I did all I wanted to do. Yeah. Because like I've had things and hobbies and loves in my life. They're like, I did, but I don't need to do for the rest of my life. Right. I did stuff that I enjoyed doing and like I kind of went through that phase and then I moved on and then I did other things and then I moved on. And like, uh, you know, I I don't want to be someone at the end of my life going like, I wish I would have done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will feel like if I did it right, you'll get to a point, you know, when you're like hopefully 90 something. <laughs> right, right, right. You just go, I think I did it all. And like any extra day that I get at this point is great. Yeah. That's I, that, that's my approach. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So here's here's my question. Last question. Okay. Jeff Goldblum's character goes from being a skeptic to being a believer, even though in the end he didn't have a lot to believe in because a lot of that stuff actually was not true. Right. Right. But he transitions from being a skeptic into a believer. And so my question for you is, what would cause you? What causes you? What has caused you in your life? Yeah. To go from being a skeptic about something. To then being a believer in something. Um, that's hard because I don't feel like I've had like I feel like I'm really skeptical about stuff. So I don't feel like I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, oh yeah, now I'm a believer in something. Um, especially like if I was gonna say ghosts, ghosts would be like the easiest one to go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of like you. More and more, I become a skeptic of ghosts, but I do feel like when I'm in a, when I'm in a moment, I get a little scared. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, okay. So, um, 
I've kind of made good friends with some of the people that work with the, with the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. been lucky enough to go out and do some stuff with the Queen Mary. Uh, and they consider that boat, which had been built, I believe, in the 20s. Uh, or maybe like right after the Titanic, yeah. right? And it's yeah. actually bigger than the Titanic was. Um, it's had almost more deaths than the Titanic has had on Whoa, it. Oh, crazy. And people consider it to be one of the most haunted places in the world, yeah. not even the U.S., in the world. Right. And there's one room in particular on that boat um, that people have been so frightened of that because uh, there's so many rooms that are like hotel rooms, right? Like any, like yeah. any luxury liner would have had. This one room has not had anybody checked into it since the seventies. Whoa. They've stripped it completely of anything. It's like down to the, the wood. Wow. Uh, and it's doesn't even have a doorknob on oh, the room. Wow. And it's like the, if you go like down a hallway, it's like the last room mm. on the left hand side. And okay. there's like, no light down there. <laughs> and I, I was curious, like when I went on the last time, um, right around Christmas time, I went and I wanted to just see, like, I knew what room it was. And I was like, let's go find this room and just like see yeah. the door. Like, right. I just want to see the door. And like, I got like within five feet of this doorway and I was just like, there's just something weird about this door. Uh, and like, I was, maybe because like the lore had been built up sure, sure. in my mind that I'm just like, I like, I'm fine with like scary movies, but like once I start to live within a scary movie, I'm, you know, possibility of this <laughs> happening is, is better here than in the lobby of the hotel. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of freaked me out. But like now I'm like, Oh yeah, it probably doesn't exist. But if you were to put me in that moment and put me in front of that doorway right now, I'd probably be like, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, ha- so would you say that there, like, do you go through a process of saying, is it feelings? Is it rationality? Yeah, is yeah, it yeah. both? Like it's definitely, the... it's definitely both, right? Because yeah. I can I can convince myself um the whole time that like there's no ghosts. And like I, I definitely believe there's no ghosts. But like you put me in the move in like in a movie situation, like I have to kind of feel like and that's what people love about like haunted houses, right? Like you right. don't have to believe that um this haunted house is real. But right. when you're going through it, there's some sort of feeling of reality. Yeah. Like, I know the guy with the chainsaw chasing me <laughs> is not going to kill me. Right. Because he hasn't killed any other, like, tourists coming through this haunted house all night. Right. But I'm still going to run for my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that there's that involved. Right. So, like, when you're talking about, like, ghost stories and you were to say, like, uh, it's like people are afraid of the dark kind of too, right? Like the, yeah. there's something scary about the dark, like rationally there's not. Right. But the feeling that you get overwhelms you to the right. point where you have anxiety and you're like, I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. So it's more of that. Definitely. Yeah. It is the strange thing where like, cause generally speaking, I like to talk through and rationalize everything. Yeah. And I, and I I'm not like a person uh, – if you say like, hey, Jay, what are your weaknesses as a person? I'd be like, well, I'm not, I'm not as, in, as, I'm not as uh, acutely aware of what my feelings are as I could be. Um, and therefore, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, I always approach it from a skeptical perspective because I'm always like, sure, I don't know. Like you seem – you know, if you, if you had come to me afterwards and uh, after walking down that hallway 
at the Cream Mary. Yeah. And you were like, dude, that hallway is messed up. I and then know. you go to it. Well, How then I would have. The, the first thing I would have said is like, the first thing I would have said is like, I don't know, man. Let's talk about this for a second. Like, what yeah. made you? What what caused you to feel that way? Did you see something? Did you experience some other thing? Right. Like, what was it? And then what you would say to me was, "No, it just feels weird." Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, "Okay." And you'd be like, "Come with me and feel how weird it is." Right. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't feel weird. I'm not saying that because I've felt weird enough times that I'm like, "Yeah." Sometimes you just feel weird. Like it's just there's no no. I, I the the feeling I get more often than that is like a bad vibe feeling. So it's not like a scary situation where there's like, there could be something supernatural or something like that. It's not that it's just so much like, dude, I don't like this street. I don't like these guys on the corner. I don't like this situation. Like I get that feeling way more often. Right. Um, versus like there's a ghost in this room right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that feeling as much because when I was a kid, I used to be real scared of that stuff. Like real scared. I'd be like, oh man, I'm super scared. Um, and then I just, as I was getting older, I'd just be like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't, but I do think that, that it's very easy. In fact, there was, used to be an MTV show called Fear. In the, oh, yeah. You remember that show? I do remember that show. And I learned that that show, because what it was, it was these people would go to a, an area that was supposed to be super haunted and they'd have them do stuff. And they'd have them do creepy stuff, dude. Like, right. they would have them do, like, one of them was doing a satanic ritual. Another one they had to do, um, this this huge uh it was like a it was like an iron furnace and like several bodies had been burned in there right uh by mistake like people had been like murdered or whatever sure and they had this giant iron door and the door was rumored to like unlock itself and like close itself and like you know yeah, all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff and one of the challenges that they had to do and the more challenges they do and the longer they stayed there the more money they'd get Right, yeah, as a game show kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, a game show. But it's all real uncomfortable stuff. Really uncomfortable stuff. And uh, this guy had to go, or like guys and girls, anybody could do it, had to go in there and shut the door on themselves and just sit in the giant incinerator. In the furnace? Yeah, I was like, Uh, what? That's crazy. And um, That'd be like if you told me to go to like Auschwitz. Yeah. And, and stand Dude. where they cremated people. Like, no. Exactly. The vibe's too weird. No, thank you, yeah. And um, not to mention, like, this disrespect of, like, you know what I mean? Like, even that, like, you'd be like, why am I doing this? Anyways, so I bring that up because um, what I learned about that show, because a lot of people failed at that show. Like, very few people made it through the weekend. I think it was, right. like, a three-day weekend or something like that. And what I learned about that show was that in order to get them into their paranoid state, they would actually sequester them to a hotel room where they could not get any sort of external media. They couldn't get any newspapers. They couldn't get any TV shows. They could okay. not watch anything. And they would, they would, um, I believe they would sleep deprive them as well. So they would say, like, you can't sleep. Or, like, you only can only get sleep for so long. They wake you up again. And then they would give them only information about how haunted and how creepy the place was. So they basically, they basically turned the human being into a paranoid creature, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And then put them in entirely uncomfortable, most scary situations of all time. And humans are awful. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But like, and the people signed up for this, of course. But sure. like, but as I think about that, I'm like, yeah, think of how easily manipulated you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Like, had I not known anything about that hotel room on the Queen Mary, yeah, I would have not thought any different about that hallway. Right. But, like, because I heard the story, now I'm in a weird mental state. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I do think there's something to be said. So I'm not trying to discount people's experiences, nor am I trying to discount the fact that um, stuff like that does exist. I actually, I'm actually open to that. It's just that that's the, that's the approaches in my mind is like, but I'm also the same as you where if you said to me, Hey, do you want to go to this creepy place? I'd be like, maybe with the lights on or something, but like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want, like, yeah. even though I, I feel very rational about stuff, I'm like, I don't want to test fate for yeah. whatever reason, you know? So, cause I think too, like, you know, there's like ghosts and there's a, like, cause there's so many different views of spirituality. Right. And there's ghosts, there's, um, spiritual beings, there's angels, there's demons. And so depending on your spiritual perspectives, you, there's lots of different ways to approach what we don't know about supernatural right. things. And a lot of them end up being not good as well. <laughs> so I'm good not exploring that. Anyways, any other thoughts about <laughs> the, the depth of Transylvania 6, 9,000? I'm legit 6, freaked out to drive home now. <laughs> no, don't be. You don't have to be. Okay. There's no, yeah, it's, it's, you're all good. Yeah. Well, that is it for today's show. So be sure to check out Gold Blooming, the new serial from Network 1901, hosted by Josh Taylor. And, with and me. you. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, yeah. I, I occasionally pitch in. Yeah. No, you're a, good. With a Jeff Goldblum centaur reference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the links to their uh, channel should be in our show notes. So check that out for sure. Uh, people, Where can people find you, Josh? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Modern Mouse Josh or on Instagram at Modern Mouse Josh. Or you can email us uh, your thoughts at network1901 at gmail.com. And definitely email us those what would Jeff Goldblum do scenarios. Yeah, they're fun. Because we're into that, yeah. Um, and in, especially if you enjoyed today's show, share it with a geek friend who also loves Jeff Goldblum. And what we've realized in doing this is that there's a lot of people who love Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. share it with And somebody. there's a whole lot of Jeff Goldblum gifts. <laughs> there are a lot. Yeah. You can find a lot of good ones. Yeah, they're fun. All right, guys, as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.